Daniel Shepard, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the show, man. You had you have to burp. <laughs> That's sorry. good. That's a good way to start. Good timing. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Yeah. We've uh, we've been roommates um, for well, we were roommates for a couple years. Been friends and enemies over the past what five six years. Each other like six years now. Yeah, less on the enemies part. I, I threw that yeah. in as a joke, but you didn't laugh, yeah. so I had to clarify. Oh, for, sorry. Yeah, no, yeah. we're friends. Yeah, sometimes. Um. Anyways, yeah, I'm I'm glad you're here in this in this studio that you built by hand over mm-hmm. the course of four months. Sure. Um. That I that I paid you to build out for. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For a good price. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah, I'm I'm glad to have you. Um. You've you were in one of my earlier episodes where we were talking about COVID. Oh, yes. For like, you were in for like five minutes. Yeah. That was a... That was your debut? I don't remember that at all. Like, I remember that I did it, and I remember yep. that, but I don't remember actually doing it, and I don't remember what it sounded like, because I definitely I, listened to it. Yeah, I don't remember what we talked about in particular. I just remember that you were on it. It was just about, like, being alone alone. Like, that sounds I was one really of those depressing. People, no, I just like I was one of those people who was in an apartment by themselves during the pandemic. Yeah, I was like that. That was my little, fault. Went a little stir crazy. Uh, yeah, because my so-called friend left me. <laughs> <laughs> Never came back. Terrible. Um, that was the last time we lived together. I like. <laughs> I like the fact that uh, we got back from North Carolina. And I was like, dude, I think I think I'm gonna go live at home for like a couple of weeks until this like mm-hmm. quiets down. Like just in case, like I don't wanna be in the city. You can come live with me if you want. And you're like, <laughs> Why are you leaving? <laughs> like what? It's like it's fine. We'll be Why back to school next to week. Break? They yeah. just they gave us an extra week of yeah, spring break. Like and it's then, another week, it's fine. Yeah. And then I never came back. Well no, I came back to move out. Yeah. Just to be clear. I did I did come back to do that. That's good. Yeah, that was good. Uh, uh, Chick Fil A that we ate today. You're gonna get canceled now. Yeah, we did not have Chick Fil A. <laughs> I don't either. But um, yeah, I'm I'm excited for you to for you to be on and um, uh, among other things, share your love of architecture and and Chick Fil A and and polyamory. Like I I just feel like you have okay. a lot of things that we talk about on a regular basis. Yeah. And um and so I'm excited to to have a conversation. How with you. many? Uh, so yeah, this is one of those ones where you actually know your guests very intimately. I do. So you know exactly what to ask about. Uh, how many friends have you had on here that weren't like just guests that you met for the show? <sighs> like four or five. So like not not nothing, but we've had. I think I've had sixty guests on fifty or sixty. That's a big number. It, it, it's kind of yeah, scary to think about. I don't remember most of them. I have a terrible yeah. memory. So my my biggest fear now is that, like, I reach back out to somebody and I'm like, hey, you should come on my podcast. And they're like, I did, like, a year ago. Like, why are you? <laughs> What's going on? You're like, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. You just have, like, a little filter. Like, all your contacts have, like, a little check next to their name. Been on the podcast. Been on the show. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great idea. Um, you brought your sketchbook today. Um, yeah, so I'm one of those people that maybe gets a little bit uncomfortable with 
someone sitting across from them, staring at them, asking questions while there's also cameras on them. Yep. So if I distract myself by looking at this book sometimes and drawing things, I will probably have a better conversation. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I like that. Um, I remember when we were in college in our freshman year in our dorm, mm -hmm. and we were like, we should start something together. Like, and we started uh, an Instagram. Oh, oh yes. To... Okay, I was wondering if that's what yep. you were talking about. Yep, um, yep. Yeah, some of you may know about the Flippa. <laughs> um, that was a dark... Dark time. Dark period in our past. Um, but you know what? It, it got us to where yeah, we are today. I guess it was like the... You know, Ben had to crawl before he could run. So that was, that was him crawling. It's nice to see him running. Now. And crawl we did. Yeah. We, we did a lot of crawl. We crawled. We, we crawled. did do so. Um, but I remember you designing our logo, and I was like, oh, yeah. oh, this makes sense. He's an architect. Like, he's he can draw things and design things. I still have the, like, little sheet um, yep. of paper with all my sketches on it. It's in my bedroom, framed. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. I think in the future, and we've talked about this before, but I think in the future, you and I could definitely go into something together. Oh, but yeah. I think when we were doing DeFlippa, mm -hmm. it like got so toxic, which was my fault towards yeah. the end. And it was just like a mess. Because DeFlippa wasn't for us. It was no. for... It was for the clout. Mm -hmm. DeFlippa was for the clout. And that's why it got a little... Toxic. Yeah. I remember like sitting on the couch, like talking to no, it was it was in Englehart. So I was I was sitting in a chair mm -hmm. and you guys were like, hey man, we don't want to do this anymore. And I was like, what do you mean? Like we're gonna do this yeah, for the rest of our lives. That. Like what the heck? I like, don't remember that, but I also kind of do. It was a mess. I think I got so caught up in like the content aspect of like, guys, we gotta be like writing and filming and releasing like on a regular basis. And you guys were like, we just started college. We'd like to go have fun and not yeah. spend all of our time doing this thing for an Instagram. Little, quite a bit of work for students also studying things. Yeah. Yeah. So it was fun, but glad glad it's dead and uh now we've moved on to other things. I guess it is dead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still have it all archived just That's to like, funny. yeah. I feel like it will be good for blackmail eventually. But, you know. I mean. It'll just increase in value. Be, you might play yourself with that. I think like, I might, yeah. If anyone who is on Deflipa is going to end up being famous and in the public eye, need to be blackmailed it would probably be you i don't think that's accurate you're a blackmail i'm not so it would be you'd be the blackmail that would get famous because i i'm not black that that was hilarious yeah let the record show that I don't let the record the, this is not the, a court proceeding I, let the record show that i don't emote like a normal person if i was a normal person there would have been a burst of laughter but i was just like yeah that's funny okay i didn't even get the puff of air out the nose yeah. it was not even yeah. talk to me about being a not normal person and not emoting, not person. Uh, as you've described yourself. Yeah, just uh, 
you know most people when things happen they're like laughter anger whatever i do the same things just it happens inside and on the outside i look like this pretty much all the time uh but i'm getting better at sharing how i feel with people um mostly i just do it by saying it uh which is fun so like you know some people will like you know what's a you know when you get angry your voice raises and you're like yep you know speaking louder a bit more aggressive i'm just going to talk exactly the same but i'm going to say I'm not happy about this. This is making me angry. Okay. I, I feel yeah. like that's good. Like you're you're kind of like on your journey to to start expressing yourself a little yeah. bit better. Yeah. yeah. It's been a it's been a journey. Uh I've been out of school for like six months now. That's a long time. Yeah. Actually it's been longer than that, hasn't it? You're getting old. Yeah, okay. it's been longer. So yeah, it's been I have I have been on this journey. I think it's getting better. I think people find it easier to connect to me now. As yeah. opposed to before. I mean, it wasn't like really hard before, but Well, when you started like, college it was it was different. Yeah. Oh yeah. When I first came into college I was pretty uh I don't know what the word <laughs> is. Just like <laughs> boring. I mean not boring, not like boring. There was, I had a little closed you know, was, maybe. Yeah, yeah, closed off. So I was yeah. like, I seemed boring because I wasn't sharing any of the interesting parts of myself. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, now I'm just like, hello, my name's Daniel. I'm an architect and I rock climb and I like doing this and that and you should be my friend. I think we cut it there. I think that's perfect. Yeah, that's yeah. my whole life. Just, that's that's, that's the show right there. Everything. I don't know what else yeah, exactly. I'm going to say. Um, talk to me about like how you've kind of been on that journey because it's not easy i am somebody that feels uh we talked about this when we were rock climbing like six months ago we were just like exhausted well i was exhausted you were fine because you rock climb all the time and we were just laying there and i was like uh you know i feel everything like all the time i'm a very emotional passionate person and you're kind of trying to navigate how much of that you want to feel for yourself yeah uh so I think, uh, I guess I'll just start from the beginning. Uh, so I think at a very young age, uh, I, when I was a child, I was very emotional. Like anything that happened, I'd be like laughing and giggling or like visibly angry or crying or having panic attacks and uh, being a boy in our society uh i got a lot of that conditioned or actually more than conditioned out of me i feel like i got it shamed out of me very mm. quickly okay um and yeah i learned to just you know keep a stone cold uh poker face on uh and keep those emotions inside and eventually uh they weren't even happening inside as much uh and yeah eventually like by the time i got to college you know i started making friends and stuff 
and as I got closer to my friends, the ones that I uh, convinced that I was a normal uh, person, uh, <laughs> like, you know, I started to see how they would emote and react with each other, and uh, I would, like, mimic that, but I very much felt like I was faking it a lot of the time. Even though I would have the emotions, I wouldn't have the outward reaction for those emotions. So, like, in order to, like, show people that I was happy to spend time with them, I'd have to, like, force myself to, like, to seem happy and excited. Even though I was, it just didn't feel like the natural reaction was there. Uh, and then uh, I went to therapy. Uh, Love that. That was super fun. Yep. Um, you guys should all go to therapy. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, just started talking about it with therapists or counselor. Um, yeah. And kind of walked through part of why uh, I like kept those emotions bottled up and how to just uh, be comfortable, um, you know, sharing them with other people. Um, and yeah, uh, so it's not an easy thing to do Yeah, from, um, from where you came from and, and kind of, so like how early did like this, as you described it, like the shaming, like begin, is this like a, like a family thing, like a friend saying, like um, growing up in the Bronx, <laughs> I grew up in the Bronx, <laughs> I grew up in the Bronx, New York. Um, I, I think it was pretty early. It was definitely a family thing. Um, I think uh, not only as a man, but as a black man, like you're supposed to be pretty uh, tough and not so easily influenced by uh, other people or easily mm. affected by other people. Um, and yeah, I think the first uh, memory I recall of it is um, being with my family and like running around outside playing uh, on the sidewalk in New York. And um, I like tripped and fell and scraped my hand or my knee or something. Um, but I started crying because I was in pain. Uh, and uh, yeah, I was told, um, you know, don't need to cry why are you crying stop crying you're fine uh which in hindsight doesn't seem that bad like when you're a you kid know, yeah you're a kid and you're like you're upset i don't know that just is the first time i remember being like remembering thinking okay i'm not supposed to cry yeah and uh i think that's where it all started i'm just like okay so like the less emotion i show the better um and then it, I'm going to be honest, it has its benefits sometimes. Okay, uh, I'm sure. Yeah, so like I learned uh, I'm a very observant person, and uh, I'd always notice like when people react out of like anger or fear or some of those negative emotions, usually their reactions aren't the most rational decision. So I was mm -hmm. like, oh, this is good. I can make rational decisions in emotional situations and be okay. So it kind of felt like a superpower. But then like around the end of college when like, or not, yeah, I guess once you're done with college, uh, at least for me, uh, you know, 
life gets a little less stressful. Um, like it just happened to be a point in my life where like a lot of the stressful things that I had to deal with were kind of, I kind of passed most of that. So I was like, oh, you know, it'd be nice to connect with other people on a deeper level. So maybe these yeah. emotional walls that I have up aren't so useful anymore. That makes sense. Okay. Do you think there's like some racism involved in like the whole stereotype of like the strong black man? Like, is it like a Hollywood thing? Is it like a society thing? For me, I think it's a society thing. Um, I think it is reflected in Hollywood, but uh, yeah, I just, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, uh, I guess, because uh, in a black family, like you're kind of taught how the world, I guess, wants to kind of bring you down and doesn't want you to succeed. Mm -hmm. So you have to be strong enough and kind of uh, outspoken enough to fight that. Um, and yeah, so part of that was uh, not letting it, uh, not letting other people, you know, affect you so much emotionally. Uh, right. And then the other part was being like outspoken and aggressive and forward, which was, that was the part I did not conform to. Um, <laughs> I would not describe you as an aggressive person. Yeah. In your goals, absolutely. But like outwardly among other people, you're like not a confrontational guy. Yeah, no. Uh, I think um, I, yeah, was definitely aware of like the pressure to be more outspoken and things like that. Uh, but I noticed that like a lot of the people um, that I thought were like smart or cool, like people would listen to them not because of uh, how like loud or aggressive they were being, but because uh, they wanted to hear what they had to say. I thought yeah. that was uh, much more impressive, much uh, felt like, yeah, that person had a lot more respect. The person who didn't have to yell for everyone to turn and listen to them. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, because so much of like, just what society's become, especially in the United States, is like, I can be the loudest. Yeah. Like, I've got the followers, I can shout, I can scream, I can exactly. go here and do that. But yeah, I, I like that a lot because I think it's very, like, you can get an equal amount of attention from, or attention from doing both. You can get the attention from screaming, or you can get the attention from, like, oh, they're very, like, methodical and deliberate. They don't waste words. They're, exactly. they're very direct. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of like great speakers in history have had that as well going for them. Mm -hmm. I don't know that any more of them are going to get elected as like president anymore after like, yeah, we just, yeah, we have loud interrupting like politicians yeah. now. I think that's just it's like how it I is. I didn't go into politics with oh, that yeah. kind of mindset. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it's interesting too, because like the more I think about like that, I really like that line. Um, the more I realize, like, a lot of the politicians I voted for, especially in the primaries, because they usually never make it to whatever, like, the people I really like are, like, soft-spoken, they're aggressive when they need to be, but it's, like, 
they're not raising their voice. They're just being deliberate, yeah. methodical. Yeah. But like they don't they don't win. Like that's not how you win anymore. Which kinda yeah. sucks. It is kinda sad. Yeah. 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 It is interesting too, like I think like from a society and like Hollywood type perspective, because I think Hollywood shapes a lot of like how people look at different types of people. Um, I was just looking into last week. Uh, uh, shoot, what's his name? There was this actor in The Godfather, and I'm gonna get roasted for not remembering his name as an <laughs> Italian. Um, but he uh, had a Native American woman accept his award or basically decline the award 50 years ago. Uh, and basically say, like, you know, he does not support the way that uh, Native Americans are treated in Hollywood or perceived in Hollywood and, like, portrayed. And so he's going to decline the award. And she just got now, 50 years later, an apology from the Academy on, like, yeah, like, we're sorry people booed you and, like, you were treated like shit. And I think, especially with the black community, this is, like, kind of a double-edged sword. Because if you look at it from like a portrayal perspective, it's like portraying people as like strong and like unaffected. Like you wouldn't necessarily look at that as a bad thing. You'd be like, oh, like, yeah, like we, we do have strength. Like we are like we try and be unaffected, whatever. But then on the flip side, it's like, yeah, but you can't show any emotions. Like nothing can ever affect you. And it's yeah. like that's a really bad way to like teach people how they should be like in the world because like things happen you need to be able to show that you're affected by things and to like you know be able to to speak to that and like yeah have emotions yeah. instead of just being like a brick wall my specialty yeah brick wall <laughs> i love that you like designing brick walls as an architect uh look at that segue I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to say no, because uh, brick is just not one of my favorite materials, and I know that's like a very specific thing to cut down. You're very good segue, but yes, I like designing walls. Okay, we just will. Uh, we'll get you stored I mean, on the border, fine. and you'll be. Fine. Listen, do you think the border wall would have taken off if we had you design it? Uh, no, because <laughs> I don't like borders and I would have but you like walls I would have designed a wall with like a bunch of holes in it so that people could go through <laughs> to the other side <laughs> what do you like about architecture what what draws you into that what draws me into architecture uh, is I guess it's influence which I guess is kind of in line with what we were talking about um, like um, yeah, we humans spend like 80% of their living time in inside of architecture. Uh, and yeah, it shapes the way we move through our spaces. It shapes the way we live our lives. Um, and, you know, it's kind of a circular thing where like the way we live our lives and society also shapes what people design. Um, but yeah. Um, think what drew me to it is partially just uh, being a little bit of a control freak and knowing that um, if I you know design this building uh, if I put a wall here you can't 
go past that point and if i put a bathroom over here you have to go over there when you need to be so like yeah just thinking i'm controlling all these people is is part of it i never knew that okay that's but very yeah, interesting I, I actually like design and i'm very inspired by beautiful and functional things at the same time just like i think adds an extra layer to art when it's also functional i think it like not to like beat a dead horse but it also relates to what you said earlier about like architecture to me like doesn't shout it's like if something is very like has a huge presence and like it's a very statement piece of architecture if that's the right way to denote that probably not um to me it's like it's like loud in a quiet way if that makes sense like you feel the presence and it's very deliberate like we said earlier but it's not like it has like megaphones on the outside look at me yeah. i'm a nice fucking build it like you know what i mean but like you still get that same feeling from it without it having to say anything it's quiet but it's it's bold depending on the architecture yeah. but that that seems to be like a common theme with you You like the quieter stuff that still like stands yeah. the test of time it's like it's deliberate Okay, and, and controlling where people pee is important as well, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's an important I part. I just want to control all the bathrooms. That's my goal. You want to be the czar of bathrooms? Yeah. I don't know if we currently have that as, like, an administrative thing you can be in the United States. We could we could make some calls, though. Yeah. Set that up. Yeah. yeah. Write some codes. Make people put bathrooms on roofs and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What has been going on... Uh, in your life recently? What's been going on in my life recently? Uh, I, yeah, just finished architecture school. Uh, now I'm working as an architect, uh, so that's good. Everything's going according to plan. Uh, just got into rock climbing. That's a new hobby that I'm having a lot of fun with. Uh, yeah, besides that, um, just, living life in dc uh about to do some traveling so where are you gonna go uh don't know yet um that sounds general travel that sounds uh like uh i wasn't serious about the traveling but like i have a friend and like we're actually gonna book some flights okay that's gonna be our first step because it feels like that's all like once you book the flight everything like else you have plan to do everything else yeah. in between because it's like it's already booked so yeah that's the commitment part okay yeah okay yeah where do you want to go uh like a lot of different places i want to go to um they're all escaping my mind at the moment um i want to go to um copenhagen which okay sounds very random uh but denmark it's, uh, yeah. yeah it's very big on design stuff or at least the type of design which is very uh, human and community focused, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Germany is also big on architecture and design. Uh, and then a lot of normal places like Japan. Dude, Taiwan, I want to go to Japan so bad. Go, uh, maybe a little later. Uh, and then uh, Africa. And then, oh, yeah, yeah uh, Canada. South America. Kinda so just everywhere? Yeah. Because yeah, I haven't yeah. traveled much. So I'm like, I'm just going to do a whole world tour. There you go. Have you ever been out of the U.S.? 
I've not. You've not. Never okay. Left okay. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that you mentioned Japan mm-hmm. because four months ago, I had a dream that I was in Japan and that mm-hmm. Kyle song was playing. Uh, oh, uh, Lost he's got in two. Japan. Lost in Japan and Ikuyo. Wait, is that Kyle? Lost I think so. Okay. Yeah. What's the other one? Ikuyo. Do I know that song? I okay. can't play it. I'm not. Yeah. I don't okay. have the Spotify we'll deal like Rogan's. Yeah, I wish. Yeah. Um, but I had a dream and those two songs were playing and I was like running around Japan and I was like, I'm living my best fucking life right now. Nice. Like I was eating the street meat. I was looking at all the billboards. I couldn't understand because they were in Japanese. Yeah. Hanging out with See, that's the, Japanese that's people. The, fear, the languages. But the friend yeah. I'm going that I'm planning on traveling with already knows like three, so there you it's go. It's a good start. Okay. Who is it? Uh, my friend Julia, uh, who I just met like a few months ago. Uh, oh, okay. But yeah, there you go. Cool. I feel like we would have fun traveling together. Yeah, a little so, yeah. little romance aspect there. Uh, I don't think so. Just friends. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the romance stuff is, uh, you know, I'm doing my thing, dating like everyone <laughs> else, I guess, who's single. Uh, yeah. We can talk about that if you want, but. You don't have to. I mean, it's very personal. Yeah. I know you're looking to get into um, an octuple, which uh, I think is very interesting. Eight okay, people so dating we, we each had other. This conversation earlier. Um, I am. I just don't know anybody a, that's tried to date seven other people before. Okay, so I'm not necessarily trying to date seven other people. I've just, uh, yeah, had a few relationships, uh, very traditional uh, relationships, and um, yeah, I heard, uh, been kind of hearing some things about polyamory, so I was like, huh wonder what that's like so i guess you could say i'm polycurious uh should put that in your bio yeah polycurious actually i probably should it'll be less of a shock when i like bring it up to someone i think if you did hashtag polycurious i think you'd get like i think people would start reaching out yeah yeah hashtag polycurious yeah i feel like that's a that's a good thing to do i've seen a few people on like Dating, I'm on dating apps and stuff. Uh, well, really just Hinge. I'm on Hinge. Uh, Love Hinge. And uh, yeah, I see some people have in their pro in their profiles that they're polyamorous or in an open relationship. Uh, and I try to match with them to like, you know, ask some questions. Yeah, ask some questions, but also like, you know, interested in dates and whatnot. Uh, but uh, none of them match with me. So I don't know. Maybe I'm like. Did they not think uh, you'd make a good poly vibe, third? I guess you don't have the poly vibe. Yeah. No, no. I always thought that was interesting because we were talking about like commitment stuff, mm-hmm. and you were like, "Yeah, I feel like the commitment aspect." And I was like, "Yeah, so don't commit to a single person. Commit to two people." And you're like, "Oh yeah." Well, yeah. I guess it's like it's not the committing. It's the committing to not being able to do anything. Oh, I don't. Eh. Eh. <laughs> I'm not trying to talk you out of it. I mean, I am I am a serial monogamist, but I I have friends that are in the lifestyle mm-hmm. and polyamory and open relationships, and they swear by it. They say it's the best thing ever. See, that's what that's what like everyone who is polyamorous seems to be like 
this is the way to do it. And yeah. like monogamous people are all like I'm sad and lonely. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I mean, there's something to it. I so the other thing we talked about too is like number of like relationship types. Like if polyamory with like its few different like aspects is like one and monogamy is like another we have so many more examples of like monogamy both working out beautifully and like working out horribly yeah but like with the poly community it's like such a small Mm -hmm. subset we need more more data more more data yeah i guess the point is i'm willing to be elaborate in that okay there we go let let this act as your ad (laughs) we will send this to only uh poly curious people okay. and, and promote it to them yeah. I do think it's interesting also to any uh, future girlfriends or wives or anything this is all a joke yeah it's a face it's listening. not real yeah yeah. but if you are poly curious and an attractive female then you know hit them up yeah I do think it's interesting um, clearly monogamy is not like the perfect system it does not have good like rates but like similar not to like branch off like Mm -hmm. completely different but like similar to like capitalism Mm -hmm. okay i feel like comparatively like on the whole and maybe it's because we have more data it's like this thing kind of sucks but it's still more successful so far that we know than anything else in this category yeah Yeah. that makes sense uh i'm one of those people that just likes to like see all the options before they commit to one yeah so i have no idea if i would like or even could handle uh having multiple partners um but i think it's a management issue yeah that's what i've heard yeah i don't know i but yeah it is interesting too that like all the people that i know that are non-monogamous for the most part are like this is the best but i do wonder like if it's like a misery loves company thing and like people are prideful and they're like i chose this so (laughs) So even though it's not going great right now i see all these posts um i follow a couple accounts that like repost like it's called uh like dumb shit people post and it's like the dumbest things you can find on the internet that people like post it and you're like why would you post that (laughs) and um one of them is like one of those uh, like very similar to like the social justice posts where it's like very like calming colors and it's like kind of uh, like curvy, like relaxing animation, if that makes sense. But it's not animation. It's just like illustration. And it was like this girl sleeping in a bed, like peacefully with like a smile on her face and her like dream bubble said how I sleep knowing my partner's on a date with someone else. And I was like, that's like a little strange like as somebody that's like more of like the monogamous like somewhat jealous type Mm -hmm. i don't i don't understand that but like again like i have friends that are very into it and they're like oh yeah like it's it's the best yeah i see like yeah when i see stuff like that i kind of get what they're saying about like you know just because they're sharing love or affection or attention with someone else doesn't mean that you're any less important and vice versa uh and i like yeah that doesn't sound crazy to me it 
kind of get it. So that's why I'm like, hmm, yeah, maybe it could Who knows? Uh, be a thing. Uh, but yeah, so far, been been doing the monogamous thing, and that's uh, fun too. Yeah, I feel like your comment earlier about like you like to see all the options. It's yeah. a very like. It's very like logical way to think about it yeah but i don't think that's how most people approach dating they're like i want to yeah. see all of my options laid out because it's yeah, not like that's like you can't do that <laughs> with people uh i need you to wait i'm gonna add three more people to my options and then i'm gonna, then I'm gonna pick, pick the best one no um yeah so maybe maybe that lifestyle would be better things. then yeah yeah I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's like, if it's something that you think is interesting and that might work better than what you have been doing, it's like, why not try it out? As long as, like, if you eventually go back to monogamy, like, <laughs> you have to explain, like, to your partner, be like, yeah, like, I was in a... I feel like people are still not there yet. Like, I, I'm I very... a future monogamous partner about yes, my... They'd be, like, a little... Stage weirded out i mean i think it'd be fine because like i feel like most couples eventually have that uh talk where they're like oh how many people have you been yeah with? i just uh, don't know how somebody like, would take it if they're like yeah, yeah i was say, dating these two girls I think at I would the same say time a reasonable number uh and then i just be like and two of those happen to be at the same time like that doesn't really make it that much worse i don't think i don't so i'm not coming from a place of like judgment i'm mm -hmm. coming from a place of like i think it'd be very funny to have to explain to like someone who's been traditionally monogamous oh, yeah. forever and you're like so how and many people have you dated yeah like, and I they'd be like, like i don't give four. like adventurous multiple partners kind of vibe you don't have like, the poly vibe yeah you and, don't and if i just sprang that on someone they'd be like oh yeah. okay yeah no but i mean like <laughs> she's gonna, you're gonna be like so, like, you know, how many, like, partners have you had? Like, how many people have you dated? Oh, mm -hmm. like, you know, I've been with, like, five guys. I dated, like, three seriously, two, like, whatever. You're going to be like, I've dated 37? And four of them were at the same time, but only two at the same time. And they're going to be like, okay. <laughs> like, I feel like we're rapidly approaching a time where how many relationships you've been in mm -hmm. is like almost more of a red flag than like your body count. Mm. I saw something about this the other day and they were like, look, like if you just hooked up with like 15 people, that's one thing. If you dated 15 people, why so many, failed. why so many relationships? Yeah. yeah. And like, as somebody that's like a monogamist and like, I don't really do stuff out of a relationship. I'm mm -hmm. like, I, I don't fully get it, but then I, like, I think about it, and I'm like, oh, like, if you have, like, a shit ton of relationships, and none of them, like, worked out, and then you're on your, like, 18th girlfriend, they're like, so, like, where do you see this going? And you're like, well, um, if you'd asked me this 15 girlfriends ago, like, it's <laughs> just, I feel like it's, it's definitely an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm not, like, very, you know, experienced in 
just relationships in general. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, yeah, I want to see what it's like just because, uh, yeah. Um, you know, if I had been in more monogamous, monogamous relationships, uh, I, I don't know if I'd be more or less confident in them. Uh, but depends on your experiences too. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting. Have you done the, uh, the front porch test on anybody recently? Is that, uh, where you're just like imagining sitting on the front porch with them when you're old? Uh, yeah. Yeah. See if you can. The, the Ted um, Mosby. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite sitcom characters. Uh, I have not. I mean, I've done the general, like, you know, you're on a date with someone, you're like, oh, I wonder, you know, if I'd enjoy spending a lot more time with this person. Um, every day. <laughs> yeah, every day, forever, till I die. Um, but uh, specifically thinking about the front porch thing now. Um, but yeah, I've definitely thought about futures with people. Yeah. Uh, did that have, like, a follow-up question, or was it just, like... No, I was just okay. curious. Yeah, I mean, we yeah. I feel like we talked about it like while we were in college mm-hmm. at least a couple times. Yeah. And then I think like you get out of college and you're like, oh, like you know, not every girl you date is, is... going to be the person you marry. Yeah. yeah. I I try and stick to like more of that side of thing where I'm like I have to see like some sort of a future, but um I've recently come to the knowledge that there are people that like will get into a relationship and they have a very specific like end date. So like, okay. Yes. Which, which I thought was interesting. So my girlfriend had a roommate that was Mm -hmm. dating this guy and they were like great together. Like they go out together, dress to the nines, like have a great time, come back. They're like hanging out, getting stoned. Like they, they were so much fun. They're like Mm -hmm. super nice people. And they seem to have, like, a really good relationship. And I'm not saying that they didn't. Like, I think that they genuinely did. Um, But to them, it was always like, okay, but when college ends, we're going our separate ways. Oh, hard out. Yes. Yeah, I don't know how I would feel about that. I guess the closest I've ever come to that is, um, like... I went on a date with someone who um, moved to D.C. and their plan was to be there for about a year. This was like at the beginning of that year. Um, and, you know, like they said, pretty straightforward, that was the plan. And like, okay, like, so like in a year, we would either have to be like solid enough to either be long distance, one of us change our plan to move with the other person yeah. or break up. Uh, and I mean, that That's relationship pretty didn't end up getting to the year, but it was interesting to think about it. That's a little more pressure, I think. Just makes things yeah. more now, intense. I should also say they had been dating when they both finished college for like two and a half, three years. And interestingly enough, which I think kind of proves the point that I'll eventually make, is I believe they're still together. Mm -hmm. So, 
And and uh, not only are they still together, but she lives in like bumfuck nowhere, mm-hmm. like of the country, and yeah. he still lives in Out DC. In the middle of West Bumblefuck. Yes. As I like to call it. Literally, and I believe they're still together. And so my whole thing on this, when I heard about this, was, like, I, I think it didn't make sense for two reasons. I think getting into a relationship that you know has a set, like, end date, and you guys are going your separate ways, is very weird. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't understand that. Like, I don't know why you would spend, like, the time and the emotions and, like, the money at, like, not to be, like, business sense about it, but, like, a relationship is an investment. At um, the end of the day, I don't think I think it's more of an experience. So like, okay, uh, like you know, this isn't your first relationship. You've had others. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you say some of those were happy and enjoyable, successful relationships before the end? Yeah, but yeah, and like, <sighs> yeah, okay. Let's I see say like you know, think about like a really great time you had with one of your exes. Like, oh boy. would it, if you knowing that they weren't the person you were going to marry and eventually it would end, like, does it make that experience, like, take away from that experience? A little bit, yeah. but for, like, a shitty reason, which is, like, I feel like now that I'm with a new person, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, like, I should have saved this experience for oh, this yeah. person. In case this ends up working out, which is not typical, so I, I like recognize the, that the person is part of the experience. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Some things you are just gonna experience with certain people, and other people you won't. And yeah, yeah. My whole thing about the way that I approach relationships is mm-hmm. that. If you have an experience with an ex, whether it's in one category or like another category, and then you don't have that same experience with the new person Mm -hmm. to that degree, or like that person, you tried to have that experience. Let's say you had a picnic with your ex Mm -hmm. and the picnic was amazing you guys had champagne charcuterie you were it was a perfect day it wasn't too hot it was nice and warm the sunset while you were on it you gave her these beautiful flowers like the best picnic ever there's puppies and fireworks and and sparks are flying and then you start dating somebody new that Mm -hmm. you really feel like you have something with and they are terrible at picnics. Like they pack like old cheese for the charcuterie. Uh-huh. And like they ran over a puppy driving you there. Like now your best picnic experience is with this person that you will never well, you might never, whatever. And then if you end up marrying the new person, you're like, oh man, like I wish I could have picnics with her again. Like, do you see what I'm saying? And that could be used okay. as an analogy any way you want. <laughs> any way you want. Mm-hmm. But, and okay. and this is probably why I'm so, like, weird about relationships. But to me, it's always strange when people go into things and they do everything with that person. And they're, like, a lot of relationships that I've seen that don't work out from, like, my friends, they treat that person like their wife or their mm-hmm. husband, like, towards the end. 
and then it ends and you're like guess you got to go find a new husband or wife that you weren't actually married to and i think i don't know it's it's just interesting to me it like i don't know I, i'm definitely weird when it comes to that mm-hmm. but but the relationship with with the set end date to me like for take the take the investment part out of it because maybe that's a little too business ben but like the other stuff it doesn't make sense because you you're almost like setting yourself up to like really get hurt because if you're going to try in a relationship one of your goals i think and i think generally accepted is to become closer to that person and have emotional experiences with that person and just grow and grow and grow together so if you're, it's like growing a tree that doesn't fruit and then chopping it down after two years. Okay. Well, you still honestly, have the experience of the tree. <laughs> yeah. You still have the shade okay, of the okay. tree. It was still good while it lasted, mm-hmm. but you're like two years, I'm chopping that motherfucker down. See, and I'm I think it proves it. my point that most of the couples I know that have had a set end date are still together. They're still together because it's very, very challenging. Not that they should be together, not that they have to get married, whatever. I'm not somebody that's like that. But it's very interesting to me that the majority of relationships I've seen, and this is obviously very anecdotal to my experience, that set an end date end up staying together past the end date because now they've grown something together. They've developed together. They have this this thing the relationship is a third thing that's bits of each of them and they're like how can i chop it down and i'm like you said you were gonna chop it down you're past the time and now you're gonna like scramble through some kind of shitty like long distance relationship and let it like fizzle instead of i don't know i mean yeah i don't see the like for me, if a relationship is about like things growing, I think it's like each person is their own tree growing Ooh, okay. uh, from, you know, that relationship. And yeah, uh, just because someone helps you grow and shows you new things uh, doesn't mean uh, they have to be there forever. Um, yeah, it's like a. I'm trying to think of a good analogy. The only thing I can think of is training wheels. They get you better at okay. riding a bike, but you're not going to keep the training wheels on forever. That's a yeah. bad analogy. Uh, yeah, because yeah, your exes aren't thing. training wheels. It's fine. Um, <laughs> basically, I kind of like you that. You can though. experience things, and uh, just because you know things aren't the way forever, it doesn't make those experiences any less special um yeah yeah to go back to your picnic thing what about um, the other thing what if they're too special if they're too special so like you know what if your future can't picnic as good as the last person well or like look at the reverse what if your wife while you're taking her on picnics is like you know daniel's like okay at picnics but my (sighs) ex-boyfriend that man knew how to picnic uh that's, that's an insecurity <laughs> thing coming from me that I'll fully admit to. Yeah. That's like, like when I have my future wife, mm-hmm. I don't want to be like, man, I hope my picnics are up to par. 
Yeah. But it, it's an insecurity thing. Like, I, I will fully admit that. For me, it's like... Uh, yeah, like, not everyone's going to be good at everything. And, you know, if picnics are just picnics, you know, I don't have to picnic as hard as the last person. Uh, I like that if you took this out fine. of context, people would be yeah. like, what in the um, fuck are they talking about? Uh, yeah, if picnics are something, you know, trivial that you just do every once in a while, uh, yeah, you don't have to be the best of them as long as, like, you know, your relationship is good with that person and the important things are there. If picnics are one of those, like, pivotal, important things to you uh, and I'm not good enough at them, then I just might not be the person for you. So, like, yeah, yeah when I look at relationships, it's like, uh, you know, if I play laser tag with one person and then I never have a laser tag partner that's quite as good, uh, if laser tag is my favorite thing to do, that's the most important thing in my life. Yeah, that might have been the person for me. Listen, but if I'm not saying is picnics a thing are... I do like once a year, as it is for me. Uh, having the perfect laser tag partner isn't that important. That's fair. What and if I? What if you want to pick just to add on to that? Like, I would have rather had that perfect laser that good experience. partner yeah. experience yeah. and had that fun rather than never have it, just so that this experience seems a little better compared to that. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of truth in what you said. I think, like, obviously you don't want to picnic, like, once a year. I feel like that's depressing. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that while you're drinking. Um, yeah, I feel like picnicking once a year is, like, super depressing. Like, <laughs> I think I'd just rather kill myself if I couldn't <laughs> picnic more than that. Um, but... Yeah, I, I think it does bring up a good point of like, I think it's how you look at it and what other factors are in that relationship. Because, you know, maybe they're not great at picnics, but, you know, they're very supportive and they want you to like follow your dreams. That's so much more important than exactly. going on a picnic. But, yeah. but picnicking, man, I mean, it's <laughs> the best. Yeah. That's, yeah, like, you know person that you end up with will be the one that or hopefully will be the one that gets all the important things really right and yeah. then you know if they're not perfect at the other things uh, they'll try their best you know and that's all you can ask for I guess yeah I think that's fair do you believe in soulmates uh <laughs> yes and no it's a I loaded guess. question yeah. yeah let me hear uh, it so I don't believe there's I don't believe that there's one person that you are supposed to find and be with and like if you don't find that person you're never going to be happy or whatever um, yeah I yeah I believe in that uh, way that like soulmates uh can be, you know, made by learning and growing with other people. Ooh, okay. Um, yep. I, yeah, definitely, you know, don't believe so much in the love at first sight thing, and it's more like you gotta learn another person to love them really well. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, uh, I think that the 
effort and understanding you put into understanding another person is way more important. Uh, like, I think the number of people that you could fall in love with is, like, very high. Infinite. Like, someone asked me this the other day and was like, uh, out of, like, a hundred people, you know, just random people of, you know, whatever you're attracted to, um, uh, like, how many of them would you probably find attractive enough to date? And I'm like, probably, like, 70 to 80 percent. A lot of them. Just because, like, it might start out, you know, somewhere in the middle, but as I get to know another person, I'll either, yeah, go one way or the other. I'll go even further, because I think we're pretty in agreement on that. Mm -hmm. I think that you can... I think genuinely people can be very, very happy and make things work if they grow together and put effort into the relationship and communication. And that can be your soulmate. But I think there's multiple people that you could probably make it work with and be happy. Yeah. But I do believe there's one person that you match with, like, I guess in the very strict, like, soulmate sense, mm -hmm. that you end up becoming like like that's your soulmate of soulmates there's like 15 people on the planet that if you met and dated and fell in love with you could marry and be happy or be you know octopoly whatever you want to be and like do all those things mm -hmm. and you'd be happy but i think there's one person that you can find that would make you the happiest and i don't think it's uh, like a i mean i guess there's always you know right no one's going to be perfectly equal, so obviously there's going to be one person that would be, like, the best, but... That's what I'm saying. Eh, but I don't. I still don't buy the one person thing. I'll put a limiter like, on it, though, yeah. to, to make it more reasonable, because mm -hmm. I, I don't believe in the soulmate thing like we've covered, that it's, like, you're one person, and I know it sounds contradictory to what I just said, but I think it's out of these 15 people that you could meet, you might not end up meeting and growing with this person. The, the chemistry might not be exactly right to get to that point. I think, like you said, the learning about the person, the growing with the person, that's what makes like the love aspect there and the growth aspect there. And I think people do find somebody that they're so matched with and so in tune with that they can grow with them and get to know them to the point where that is genuinely the person that they'd be happiest with. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily like, oh, you're destined to be with that person. It's like all the cards were right at that time. And it oh, was yeah. one of that group of people. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's definitely like the thing of timing and just like, you know, the right person just kind of being there at the right time and place uh oh yeah I don't know I feel like I feel like of all the like eligible people that are like you know the right age and you know you're attracted to and things of all those people I feel like I could probably end up being with about 50% of them just cause I don't know, I'm not a picky person. And for me, like, uh, You're a little it's picky. more about who's, 
I don't know, I guess just like fitting in with the other person and learning their kind of quirks and how to like them and how they like you, uh, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think both people have to be ready for it too. Oh yeah, that's the true. Timing, timing is the most like, yeah, they're definitely, timing I think is weird. timing is like more important than what either of you are doing or willing to do. It's just like, yeah, if the timing's Can not you right, be in the headspace to do it? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, think about how different our lives would be based on timing. Like just like even if we hadn't met each other, if or... we like timing off by like. I mean, I guess it falls into like decisions too, but decisions based on timing. Mm-hmm. Like I had a randomly assigned roommate oh, yeah. that I rejected. Yeah, if we weren't going to school at the same time, if we were one year off, we probably would have never met. Yeah. 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 Which is weird because like I feel like we're soulmates, so it's like maybe I do believe it. No. I'm kidding. Um, no, but like timing and relationships in particular. Mm-hmm. Like, would you still be with any of your exes if the timing was a little bit different? Because I think you might be. Yeah. 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 Probably. Yeah, which is uh, weird to think about. It is. You know, I do think about. It, I'm like, huh. If I had met them now. A little more grown up, yeah. Better communicating, right place, right time, yeah. People knowing what they want, yeah. Want. I still have. I won't say it on the on the mm-hmm. show who it is, but uh, you know, I still think that you're gonna marry that person. I'm mm-hmm. still, I'm still, but I won't put any pressure on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know you disagree. I, think I, I could. But, yeah, I don't know. It's about uh, more timing, I guess. Um, I'm going to say the same thing, by the way, to her when she comes on. Yeah. (laughs) Or maybe I won't now, so people Uh, don't know who it is. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was was like. Okay, well, I guess everyone's going to know who it is. That's fine. Uh, I, yeah, definitely timing was the thing that, like, didn't work the first time. Yeah. Uh, and I think that just as, like, it's much more easy for the timing to be off than for it to be right. Like, when the timing's right, that's yeah. the, like, one in a million thing. And, that's the soulmate. Yeah. When the timing is right, both of you are, yeah. like, fully in it. And yeah. it already didn't happen once. So, like, the odds or it was like close once, but it wasn't good enough. So like the odds that'll happen again. We're not talking about Haley's Comet here. Also, the data the data disagrees with the you. Data? <laughs> What's yes, the, the data? What's the data? I, listen, What's I've done research. Uh-huh. The data shows that people that you've dated in the past where the timing wasn't right, mm-hmm. you know, you date other people, you get jobs, you grow up, you move wherever. The data suggests that likely, once you hit a certain age, your future partner is in that set of people that you've already met. And, oh, yeah. and if I you've already dated that, them. And you've probably already met the person you're going to be 
it's an increased chance, yeah. which is both reassuring and terrifying at the same time. Because you're like, I don't know that many people. <laughs> I don't like that many people. Oh, see, um, I'm, the, I'm like, I know a lot of people and I like a lot of people. So okay, like, so you might be it sad. Could be any, like, I'm like, that doesn't really narrow it down that much. <laughs> you like do rankings. You're like, well, if it was her. No. Um, it's like whatever happens happens I have some co-workers that I just went on a trip with yeah. and um, I was sitting next to one of them that's in a very happy relationship and they got into this relationship um, later in life uh, not later in life I think they're like 40 um, but you know later than most people when they find the person that they're like I want to spend the rest of my life with you and they dated before and she talked about timing she was like, it just, it could have been, but the timing was a little off. We went our separate ways, both kind of dated people, whatever, but nothing special, you know, careers, whatever. And then we ended up talking again after like a decade. And it was like, this works and this works out, which I think is so interesting too. Like, because it's hard to say, like, is that person her soulmate? Is that person not her soulmate? Like, how do you put, I mean, if you look at them, you're like, oh my God, they're so happy and they gel so well. But 10 years ago, if you looked at that relationship, you would have been like, oh, they're gonna break up next week. And then they did. So it is interesting that, <laughs> it is interesting that people end up redating, I think. And they're like, oh, you figured your shit out, okay. See if we can make this work. So yeah, that's the end of my pitch. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. That's the thing. Yeah. It's just yeah. like we'll see what happens. Uh, I think the reason I'm crazy about it is because I do the front porch test, and you both are on it. And mm -hmm. so in my head, see, I'm like, oh, want, they have to you be just together. Today, because you're friends with both of us, and it'd be easier for you to just like have your friends uh, yeah. date each other and well get married think yeah. about think about for me the ease of like i have to go to one of your houses in one place yeah one, my entire to my entire reason wedding, for wanting you to you be have together to one like uncle ben you have to do one of all those things what if that was like my my whole what if I end up getting really into polyamory and then I have like 10 weddings and you have to go to everyone? Listen, I love weddings and I'm going to cry at your wedding. I went to the you wedding. You're going to cry at my weddings. I'm going to cry. Yes. <laughs> Important correction. I went to a wedding last summer to these people that I barely knew. And they're mm -hmm. like, oh, we want you to come, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I went and I started tearing up and I was like, mm. I don't even know these people. <laughs> It was just beautiful. Like I love weddings, so I will go to all ten of your weddings. Yeah. I'll be I'll be very happy at your weddings. Yeah. I think. I don't know. Yeah. I have no clue what's gonna happen. It's kind uh, of fun though. Yeah. Not knowing. Oh yeah, that's the that's the fun of it. Yeah. It's like, a spice I'm of here, life. Uh, and. We're gonna <coughs> we're gonna see what happens. Yeah, that's good. What do you what do you doodling? You don't have to I show the camera. 
Uh, it kind of this is a little vulgar. Yeah, it kind of looks like an uneven pair of testicles. If I'm being really honest with you, I get that. Um, I guess when I I drew like the first blob, and I was like, what if there were plants in space, uh, okay. like not on a planet, like some plant that evolves to grow in space, Ooh, so it like attached okay. to an asteroid or something, right? And yeah. Be, like, Somewhere close to a sun because it needs something to survive. Uh, and like the vines would like reach out and try to grab another asteroid to get some more surface area or whatever. But also realizing plants need like carbon dioxide. Uh, well, plants which, that we know of. Yeah, exactly. So like maybe it's plausible. Maybe Avatar. It's not. Yeah, it does kind of give me that vibe because they're like floating rocks. Uh, so yeah. Very serious question for the architect. Do you mm -hmm. think? That we're going to discover other forms of life that aren't based off of carbon and that need things like oxygen and water to survive because that's most of what we know about right now yeah is carbon-based life forms they need some sort of oxygen whatever environment but even less than that because some uh living organisms rely on like i mean most of our air is nitrogen there's like a little bit of oxygen I, I learned that recently. I feel like I should have learned that a lot earlier. Like most of the years. Yeah, whatever. Um, but like almost everything needs water. Yeah. Uh, Using your architecture know. knowledge. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. architecture definitely applies to uh, biology. Space um, biology. Yeah. I, I don't know. I could, I could see it. But then again... See, like, I'm thinking, like, oh, like, you know, computers are kind of getting close to, like, things where they, like, have a brain and can carry out functions. And, you know, maybe life could look something like that somewhere else. And, like, yeah. the only difference is, like, it would form more naturally. So it wouldn't be, like, hard, you know, edges and manufactured things. It would be, like, more biological. And then, like... You know, something that hard wouldn't grow like so naturally. But not that we maybe know it of. could, exactly. Right. Do you believe in aliens? Uh you're an alien guy? Yeah, I think there's I think there's life out there on other planets. Have maybe you seen all the galaxy. UFO stuff recently? No, I haven't. The well, here's the problem. <laughs> okay, and I'm I'm stealing this topic from another podcast that I listened to. But um the U.S. government, along with the Australian government, the U.K. government, and, like, most of the governments, like, that, like, we give a shit about, came out within the past, like, two years. And they're like, yep, <clears throat> UFOs are real. Um, they're not ours. They're not manned or unmanned. We have no idea what they are. And we're going to start looking into them. And they released, like, a bunch of, like, their knowledge on them. And everyone was like, is this what we've been waiting for for, like, 70 years? And like nobody gave a shit because they did yeah. it like a normal proceeding they're just like yep ufos are real we have no idea what they are it's probably alien life i feel like it was like i feel like the governments and agencies and whatnot have a lot less faith in people than they should i guess like i mean like we there's that didn't whole care. thing you see in movies and stuff where it's like public can't find out about this because they're gonna panic it's right gonna be like everyone's gonna be in hysteria they're gonna be like looting and running around in the streets naked uh and then they're like 
maybe aliens do exist and everyone was just like yeah we figured and went back to work yeah i mean you didn't even know about it i mean i you didn't realize it. that's what you were talking about but yeah, yeah. i heard about that i heard that and that and yeah everyone's just kind of like we kind of guessed but but now that you're saying it yeah um they also this was like even less heard of they the government basically accused other government and non-government organizations of like lying to them about our capabilities and was like you know what if you work at one of these government organizations or non-government organizations um we're setting up a whistleblower protection and you can come forward and be like yep i worked on that one that's our technology it's over it i won't even uh, reference like, a name because like faking a ufo thing or no 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 like... no no like like that's our ufo oh like yeah and i can't reference names because there's going to be people that come on the show uh <laughs> later this season that might talk a little bit about it i might need some whistleblower protection well no but like I, I don't want to get sued right now. Like, I have too much going on. I'll get yeah. sued, like, later. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, sued. essentially, um, there have been people that came out under that and were like, yeah, those are ours. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not China, it's not Russia, it's the U- United States. Which, I don't think disproves aliens. I think it could actually potentially prove aliens, because it's like, well, how did we figure that out? Um... And I don't think I've ever talked about this on the show before, so this is fun. (laughs) We'll see if I get in trouble for it. Um, I did a shadow day at the NSA when I was in high school. And among the details that I feel like won't get me in trouble for talking about, not that they, like, showed me anything like that, whatever, um, was that we went into a room with this guy who was, like, a bigwig there at the time. He's now gone. And gone like retired, not like gone, gone. Uh, not like NSA gone. Took him out. Um, and he took like a phone and he put it on the desk. And he like, he was like, what do you guys think about this? And you're we like, it's a iPhone. Like, I don't, I don't know. But one kid was like, you know, oh, well, like, you're not really supposed to have a phone. Like at this level, like they took our phones. Like we don't have our phones. Like, so I guess that's, he's like, no, 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 guys, guys, guys. This phone is the newest phone you guys can own right now. He's like, we own the phones that you guys will own in a decade. He's like, we have that technology and, you know, the the interface is getting boring for us now and it's clunky and we want them to upgrade. And we so, were like, oh, so you were in high shit. And he, like, already had an iPhone 12 in his pocket. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. Like... Yeah, like the phones that we now have now that we're like, oh, these are top of the line. Like he had it like a decade ago when I was in high school, which is kind of, oh, it wasn't a decade ago. It was, what, six years ago, seven years? Yeah, close to a decade. They already had that. You were in high school seven, eight years ago. I finished high school, how many years ago was that? Seven, six, seven. What year is it, 2022? Yeah. I forget. 2016. 2016. Yeah. Six years ago, I finished. Yeah. So, yeah. Around that time. Um, But it makes me think that, like, if the government was going to come out and say something about UFOs, why would they come out and be like, 
they're not ours. We don't know what's going on. Like, I feel like they're lying. Mm. Why would they tell That's the truth? Point. They have no incentive to tell the truth on this. Yeah. None. Especially to be like, we don't know what's going on. How often does the U.S. Yeah. government, or any government for that matter, especially us, in all their pride and waste and whatever, <laughs> go, we don't know what's going on. Yeah. You shouldn't trust in us right now. It's a little suspicious. It is. It's weird. I think there's aliens. I think, yeah. They already have. I think there's some, this is like one of my wackiest beliefs. And people are like, you believe it? Okay. Um, I think that we have like a relationship with the aliens. Like, I don't know if it's like poly per se, but like there's something. People have met them. People have met them and like dated a couple of them at the same time. No, I think. Like, we have to have some sort of trade relationship going. I don't I don't know if I subscribe to the whole, like, oh, they're, like, vastly superior beings in terms of intelligence. I think they are a little bit. I don't think they're, like, vastly more intelligent than us. And so they see us as, like, maybe kind of brutes, but still, like, kind of useful. I think if we met any aliens right now, they would be more intelligent because... They figured out how to get here before we figured out how to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or detecting ever, us without like, us detecting them. Yeah. If we, like, if we end up detecting them before or at the same time they detect us or, like, meeting them in the middle, then it's like, okay, we're at the same thing. Yeah. I think they're probably, like, a little bit more intelligent. They're probably, like, a little bit more advanced. Depends on which ones you're talking about. I'm sure there's some that are like still in early stages of evolution, and others like, that are like on the brink of nuclear war. Could be. Do you think we're gonna launch the nukes in the next? Like, do you think in our lifetime there will be another nuke launched? Oh man, I hope not. I don't know. Uh, It'd be pretty bad. Like yeah. that might be it. Yeah, because they're they're pretty they're pretty big now. Yeah, they're not like how they were. Yeah. 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 I, Hours I at least. Not. It'll, like, I don't know. No. no. I'm going to say no, because I want the answer to be no. Fair enough. You don't want to speak into existence something yeah. that's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. It's like, if Daniel Shepard just hadn't have been such an <laughs> asshole. Yeah. I don't want to be the reason it does happen. I think our nukes are probably the most advanced, which is very, like, biased and American prideful thing to say but like if you look at some of the other superpowers or like what we call the superpowers mm-hmm. like Russia is losing a war to a country they're trying to invade that has like a tiny population and like farmers like taking out tanks and then you look at like what weapons they're using mm-hmm. like the Russians and you're like hey those are like Soviet weapons that you guys had a long time ago. We haven't seen any of the shit you guys like to bring out during your military parades. Mm. Like, it's all old stuff. So when they talk about like, oh yeah, like we're we're in line with the U.S. on like this kind of stuff. Like we we have the same level of innovation. You're like, I don't know, do you? Yeah, I just hope they don't launch any. Yeah. Let's uh, <laughs> change yeah. the topic. 
Oh no. Well, yeah, sure. I was just gonna say, yeah. Let's hope uh, that they don't, and everything's just cool and awesome, and everyone's friends. That's that's a nice view to have. I think. Yeah. That's that's like a. Yeah, I hope so too. It's a very naive view to have. <laughs> yeah, but like, it's not necessarily bad. I think a lot of things that look really good on paper don't make sense like realistically and i think that's that viewpoint is probably one of them yeah i think i still believe people are inherently like pulled to be good but i think there's a lot i think selfishness is on the rise like Mm -hmm. speaking for myself because i don't like to speak for other people in some ways i've become a more selfish person like about like I mean, maybe even in non-selfish ways. Like, I know what I want. I don't want certain things. And mm-hmm. now I will be vocal about it when I wouldn't have been maybe before the pandemic. I'm also, I'd say, more generous in some aspects. Like, I do more in certain categories. But I feel like most people are getting more selfish. And I don't yeah. know what that means for the future. Um, I... Yeah, I think I'm also getting more selfish. And I think that's a it's part of my personal journey, I guess. Cause like you're in your villain arc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Uh, <laughs> I'm currently in my villain arc. Um, part of being more emotionally open includes being more emotionally vulnerable, which means I have to prioritize taking care of myself a little more now before yeah. i was like you know people could do things and i'd just be like that's funny you thought you could hurt me but i don't feel emotions got nothing but to now lose, that baby. i now that i am trying to feel the emotions people can't hurt me i have to be mm. a little more like don't you hurt me i'll hurt you first <laughs> like you're holding a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i think that makes sense yeah um I mean, has it been harder for you to open up to people now because you have to like, you have to like actually open up to people and not like, um, that sounded very critical. I meant it to sound like, is it getting harder because you're trying to be more open with people? I, it is getting I don't know. It's getting more... Actually, yeah. It is getting harder. Because before, you know, like, I guess kind of let things play their course and try to let people get closer to me uh, before I open up and stuff. Um, But now that I am opening up you know the in a perfect world be like i open up more and then people like me more but it's like i'm opening up more and i find out uh i guess i just find out quicker whether people are gonna like me or not because uh, you're paying attention to that yeah i'm paying a lot more attention to how people react when i open up to them and i think this is also partially 
because of frequency, I guess, and like opening up more and meeting more new people, dating more. So things are happening more, but I'm facing a lot more rejection. I open up to people. Right, uh, but you're not used to. Basically, yeah, I wouldn't open up to anyone before until I knew. You're positive. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, this person already likes me. Like, I can open up to them. And Interesting, okay. And I'm like doing it before I know, for sure. And a lot of times they're like, mm, that was a bit too much, I'm out. Damn. Not too much, but just like, yeah. Was that? Yeah. What was the question? No, that was, I don't, I don't remember, but, oh, it was, uh, is it getting harder to open up to people? I yeah. think that's pretty accurate. Um, and, and I think that makes a lot of sense. I was just uh, at my friend's, uh, ooh, how much detail do I want to give? That's always the fun thing to figure out. It's like, I don't want anything to come back to anybody in like a negative way. So mm. I'm like, what do I share? Um, I was at my friend's place this weekend. Mm-hmm. I think I told you about that. And um, he is like one of the best people I know. Like he's just, he has learned over the years how to be a little bit more committed to like his happiness, but he still prioritizes everybody else's over his. And that's something that like I've always seen in him. And it's, like gotten more I I think he's expanded right like his care like I think he cares and gives more care and kindness to more people now and he's also getting a little bit better at like saying what he wants and like what makes him happy what doesn't be more particular um, but he helps a lot of people and like a year in the current position that he's in he probably helps like three dozen people that like really need help. And I was there this weekend and interacted with some of these people and most of them are lovely people. They're just down on their luck, whatever. Um, But I did notice it was very easy for them to open up to people despite all the things that have happened in their lives. But I think it's because they're literally like at their wits end and they're like, why not another rejection? That's all I've ever seen. And so I, I did end up asking this one guy uh, what his plans for the future were, like what his deal was kind of. Mm-hmm. And he like went into like a 20 minute. It felt rehearsed, mm-hmm. like not like it was inauthentic, just like he's had to explain it before mm-hmm. about his current situation and like what he wants to do. And the other interesting thing is like he knows every single event in his life that triggered where he is currently, where he's not living his best life. Mm-hmm. And. I think there's different levels. I think there's people that can open up to people really easily um, because maybe they just don't have a filter and they don't like perceive when they should or shouldn't. I think there's people that open up really easily because um, they just have nothing else like to lose. And I think there's people that open up a lot because they're very trusting. And I think that it's sometimes a hard position to be in because like you said, you could try it out and then somebody just rejects it and i think that usually that's not something that you're used to like you said like you you make sure you know the person they like you typically before you open up now you're like this is what i have to offer this is this is my baggage this is who i am and people are like i don't i don't like that yeah 
And I think that's a hard thing to deal with because it's a it's almost like a complete rejection of you. Yeah. Not to make it worse. No, no, it is. That's yeah. It is like it's like oh, like you know. I just you, told you, you who like, I am. You like the uh, the face I'm putting on now. Let me show you like the real stuff. And they're like, oh, that's what it really is. I'm <laughs> like, good. I'm good (laughs) no thank you like yeah yeah. I I think along with the selfishness I think people are much less careful with people's emotions now so like sorry that this is the time where you want to kind of explore that yeah but from what I've noticed it's it feels like people are like look I'm I'm surviving Mm -hmm. on my own I can't be responsible for your emotions too yeah. And I think people used to be a little bit more considerate. And I think now it's like, I mean, we see this all the time on like social media, like you need to live your best life and put you first always. And it's like, that's not like, I don't think that that's as much of a problem anymore. I think people are getting to the point and maybe it's just my personal experience, but people are getting to the point where they know what they want and they're willing to say what they want much more often. I think the problem that we're running into now is people being less careful with other people mm-hmm. yeah but i don't know where i don't know how we fix that because everything trending right now is like love you 100 mm-hmm. percent. yeah you've never done no anything wrong is important. This is, is important. yeah your feelings are valid and i think most people's feelings are valid most of the feelings that you feel are valid but some and are that not doesn't mean they're all rational yeah, it doesn't yeah. mean they're all rational, and it doesn't mean... I think you can feel anything, and I think it's valid that you felt that. But I don't think every single one of your feelings is valid. Like, yeah, you can't... They're not all someone else's responsibility to take care of. Yeah, or they're not all, like, objectively true. Like, you don't have a reason to feel all these things. And, like, from personal experience, I've... I've felt things over the past year that I'm like, I know that that's not true. Yeah. It's like your, your brain and your heart, like bullshit you. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you're so valid. And then you look at it logically and you're like, I was wrong. Yeah. But we're, we're in this culture now too, where we're trying to like overcorrect and overcompensate for all the years of like, you don't get to show your feelings. You don't get to have them. And now it's like, you can have every feeling all the time no filter however you feel is correct and it's like whoever's closest to you yes and it's like that's not (laughs) that's not correct yeah yeah but how do you argue against that without sounding like a massive prick i know like (laughs) you know how do you tell somebody not all their feelings are valid well i think you have to one thing it's hard to talk about feelings rationally, rationally while you're still having them, mm-hmm. which is something that I'm finding like, like, it's hard to think about your feelings while you're having them mm-hmm. because you're still having those feelings, and it's hard to think about them after it because you're not feeling it anymore so like yep and that's where i'm like you start to forget the details yeah i'm like 
well, while I'm having it, I want to act rationally. So I forget, so I push the feeling aside, use my brain to think out the situation. And then I'm like, okay, now it's time to take care of my feelings. But I'm like, the, I already got rid of the feelings. They're not here anymore. Yeah. So I, I've i started doing this thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is right or wrong. I, I welcome any therapist that's listening right now to tell me if I'm like a psychopath. Oh, yeah. If any, if any therapists yeah. are interested in uh, this, this guy, I'm looking. Fun challenge, I think, for sure. Well, <laughs> it shouldn't messing. be that hard. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> um, something that I've started doing mm-hmm. is I'll do the hard conversations in threes. Mm-hmm. And I will say, I've done it twice. It's been very successful in terms of communication both times. Okay. So, but when you say in threes, yeah, so mean? so the first conversation that you have mm-hmm. is full emotion. Whatever you're feeling at that moment, if it if you're really upset, right? You feel like somebody, your partner, your friend, your family member, whatever, and you have a disconnect or mm-hmm. there's an issue. Your first conversation, full emotions. You add the rationality a little bit. You don't want to like scream at this person and you you shouldn't like be looking to get into a fight. But it's your full emotions. So if you're feeling angry at this person, mm-hmm. your first conversation is, I'm angry with you. You did this thing. You knew it would upset me. I'm angry. I feel like you don't care, blah, blah, blah. Like if we're playing the scenario out, right? Mm-hmm. I'm angry. That's the first conversation. You get the emotion out of the way. They are hearing the emotion. And that obviously, like that's like the loud talking part. It's not necessarily like the best talking you're going to do, but it's how you feel at that moment and it's why you're upset or whatever the situation is and you have that conversation. The second conversation is a mix of both. Hey, that first conversation, I was in this headspace. I've had a little bit of time to think about it. Here's my rationale behind feeling these things. I still feel these things. I think, you know, I think classically you're probably going to be like, I overreacted a little bit because if it's full emotion, like you're probably yeah. overreacting, right? I overreacted a little bit, um, but that's how I felt at that moment. This is how I feel now that I've had some time to think about it. Here's my rational basis for why I'm upset or why I'm angry, or why I'm sad, whatever, behind that first conversation. And then you have a third conversation and it's almost entirely based on ration. And you say, since those first two conversations, I still feel the same way when I look at it from an almost purely rational perspective. Um, or what's much more likely is you're going to go, I was a little bit off in the first one. Mm-hmm. The second one, I was more on point. But I think now that I've had a lot of time to think about it, I've gotten all the emotion out of the way. I've started to bring rationale into it. I think this is truly probably how I feel looking at it from a rational perspective. And this is why I felt that way. I've done it twice, both times, changed my mind by the end on what I was upset about. But I actually got to the basis of why I was upset with this person or with the situation. And both times realized I was the one in the wrong. But I would not have gotten there if I had just done the rational 
or if I had just done the emotional. Because mm -hmm. if I just do the rational, they're like, okay, like he seems like he's a little upset. Like, no, 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 I'm very upset. Yeah. You have to get you have to get your emotions out. That's why, like, like you know, if you're in a couple and like you've never fought or you never fight ever about anything, it's like, are you guys passionate about anything? You agree on every single thing? That's a little fucking weird. So you get your emotion out. You start to bring in the rationale. And then your final conversation is, I've had the time. I've gotten the emotion out of the way. This is genuinely how I feel. And I'm going to trace it to these roots. This situation. And the reason I felt this way about this situation is because I had this trauma in my past. Or that night I was feeling like this. And that's, if I trace it back, I wasn't sleeping well. I felt like shit that week. And in the past, uh, this person did this to me, which is why I felt this way. Both times I did that, came right back and the fingers pointed at me from myself. And I'm like, there are things that this person can do now that they know that this is how I feel and this is why I feel that way. But I can't expect them, I, could, I can't expect them retroactively to go back in time and act differently because they didn't know because we didn't have yeah. these conversations. They didn't understand where I was coming from or the emotion behind it and how passionate I was about it. And what that allowed me to do was open that communication with that person, have a really honest discussion about goals and perspectives and why some things are the way that they are. And then after both of those times, I went to therapy and went to the therapist and I was like, dude, like, this is how it went. I walked him through the three conversations and then my conclusion, he's like, I don't, I don't think you need to pay me for anything. Like we'll work on some exercises, but like you cut out the first 45 minutes of the hour long session. And if you think about it, that's what you're doing with a therapist is you get the emotion out and then they bring in the logic for you mm -hmm. and the rationale. And they're like, can't you kind of see how like this makes some sense? Yeah. And it's, I think it's a great way to like self govern yourself on different issues because if you went to your friends your family your partner about every single thing that upset you and only did the emotion you'd be nowhere and if you only did the rationale you'd feel so unsatisfied in life because yeah. they wouldn't get it yeah so yeah that's where i'm introducing that first part uh yeah it's fun is it actually fun? Uh, I feel like you're learning a lot. Yeah, I'm learning a lot. Um, I think I've haven't had a lot of opportunities to do it. Uh, thankfully, I guess. Um, I mean, I don't want to say this too loud, but you can whisper. My life's going pretty. upset about things. I don't have anyone to knock on in the studio. It's like it's like a wood-less studio. There's well I guess the shelves. You could knock on the shelf real quick. I might take another shelf. Just yeah, just very gently. Very there you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's no, good. Um, yeah. And being in a yeah. good place allows you to work through the tougher shit because you're not worried about surviving day to day. Exactly. Yeah. Maslow's hierarchy of needs, baby. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think it'd be good. And then when something inevitably pops up, I'll be like, okay, time to feel those big emotions. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, you're getting there. I'm proud of you. You're, you're doing well. 
Nice, thanks. I'm proud of me too. So, yeah. It's annoying. Yes. <laughs> Most things I can just kind of like watch someone do it a few times and then I try it once or twice. I'm like, okay, I got this. You're a smart guy. Yeah. But this this is not like, like that. <laughs> yeah. I just got to do it. Just got to let it happen to me, I guess. Yep. Yeah. So. You'll get there. Have fun with that. That's good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good place to end it. Okay. Was yeah. How... You did it. Oh. That was. You did a podcast. I did a podcast. You didn't freak out. Well, I didn't think much. I was going to freak out. Yeah. I just thought it was going to be boring. Yeah. I didn't expect to I had fun. talk about relationships that much. See, that's, that's <laughs> why we don't pre-do the questions, because then we're going to be stuck talking about random shit that's Ben's way of saying he didn't prepare for this and Listen, he's trying to make it seem like that was a good thing that he did on purpose this whole studio <laughs> collapses into a box when I'm out <laughs> here it's a foldable studio mm-hmm. yeah yeah that was good yeah where can uh where can people find your stuff if they want to follow you or if they want to be in uh-huh. an octopoly relationship with you um there's uh yes have an Instagram, but I was planning on changing the name of that soon, so I feel like... What are you going to change it to? Uh, I want to change it to Shepherd Design. Instead of uh, Shepherd Design for Humans? Yeah. Okay. Because I want to include the aliens now. Yeah. I know they're coming. Not actually. Yeah, I not think humans. I'm just like... Uh, you know? I don't know. I'm rebranding. Yeah, okay. Uh, we will tag uh, it in the show notes and uh, on social cool. media. So um, look at that. But yeah, I've got Instagram and uh, all the things. I've got Instagram, Facebook, uh, what's the other one? Twitter. Twitter. Do you have a Twitter? I yeah. do have a Twitter. Do you have a I have TikTok? A Twitter. I have a TikTok. You do. We'll tag all those for a you. LinkedIn. Have, there you go. Uh, follow me on Spotify. Yeah? That's the one. Yeah, that's the you most important You don't one. release anything on Spotify. I know, but my playlists are so good. Okay, we'll plug your Spotify, <laughs> too. That's fine. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, guys, you can find us on YouTube if you're watching at home. Uh, you can listen to us on Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, and like a million other places, so go do that there. This is the first episode of season five. Ooh. It's a big one. We have... That's a lot of pressure. Can no. Go back. There's no do, pressure. Like, redo the whole thing. No, we're not like, editing. I didn't not... know it was like first episode. I think I need to make better. So like, just cut, roll it all the way back to the beginning. Yeah, we're let's not start over. Gonna do hey, that. Hey, I'm Daniel. First episode of season five. There's only twelve episodes, so there's only eleven more after this. We're releasing one episode every month for twelve months, starting September twenty-first, which is today maybe if you're if you're listening uh or watching oh yeah on the correct day yeah today's september 1st if you're listening to this september 21st yeah 21st yeah yeah there we go we're in september right now we'll pretend like we're in september we're almost in september awesome thank you guys for listening daniel thanks for coming on thanks for having me absolutely cool music all right